And the answer to that one is that this one is sci-fi, yeah, giving Craig two more points. So it's got to be like a replicant or something. It's got to be something for androids or replicants or so this destroys plastic. Is that a well, disease for... This is one of those things. This is uh, another pretty obscure one, and I was digging oh, deep for this. So this is, is from the Stargate Atlantis okay. universe. This is from a novel called The Third Path. Oh, my which God. Yeah, which is from which is the end of uh, of an eight book saga. Apparently, I haven't actually read it. I found so this. So not on. only do I need to be into Stargate, I need to be into Stargate Atlantis. I need to read the novels, and I need to read all eight of these books because I'm probably not going to just read the eighth one. And on top of that, this <laughs> <laughs> this bacteria and it's out of print. Episode 373. It's a podcast with the craziest cast of Brady Bunch I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm On my Mike. Screen, I'm in the middle, so I'm Peter. <laughs> Each of us is in the middle, according to their own screen. So we're all Peter. We're well, all, mine look, are yeah. like a reverse pyramid, so I'm in the top right of mine. Mine are uh, horizontal across the top, so um, so it's so it's chaos. Is what I turned on the gallery mode so I could see both of your faces. Gotcha. Well, no, Craig is Craig is in the middle on mine too, so that makes him um, either, either Peter or Alice or no, Miss Mrs. Brady, Alice or Mr. Brady. On the... and I and I'm anyway, either I'm one of the girls anyway, and Ando is one of the boys. Anyway, I'm Craig. <sighs> I'm Mike. And here we are. That's our horribly belabored Zoom joke of the windows in the Zoom that we're using. I am disappointed, yeah. gents. I am disappointed. Making it it's a okay. Brady Bunch joke. Next week, we'll do the joke where uh, we say, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Well, what, we, what we should do, we were just talking about Jack Bauer uh, before we hit the record <laughs> button. What we should do is see if we can. Can you arrange? They should have like a 24 version, right, of the Zoom <laughs> layout where you'd be able to kind of lay out the rectangles all kind of cockeyed to each other you know just like <laughs> where one kind of overlaps the sure. other one and another one's yeah. a little smaller and overlaps the other one so like that because that's how well they start out a little right? bit bigger than they each like each reduce a, up to a different you know into a different corner of the screen they show a different rectangle and they're all and then of, the like, then the clock starts ticking yeah. yeah you should have the clock in the middle with the lcd display and everything yeah that's how they did the recaps right yeah yeah well yeah so Zoom should do that. We get all these things where we can do like a background yeah. and all this kind of stuff. They should allow you to make your arrangement to look like 24. <laughs> Keep us entertained. And yeah, we'll, and, the clock, we'll do the clock thing. Yeah, Ando, get Jack Bauer on that. Uh, I, if he's, you were in the room, I would. He's too busy torturing somebody. <laughs> Probably a cockroach. For the seventh time this season. <laughs> your cat knows how to use a lamp cord? <laughs> And one of Ando's cats is named Jack, Jack Bauer. Bauer. And the other is Leroy Jenkins. So if you hear cats meowing during this, it's going to be one of the two. So That was me. Sorry. So, is, by the way, so Mike, is, are you going to intro me or just yeah, talk who, about me? Yeah. <laughs> who is that there in the uh, in the, in Peter's slot? I suppose we could do that. Yeah. It's Ando. Is it? Ando Valentine is back. I am back. 
and it is as always awesome to be here being on nerd burger is one of my favorite things so thank you for having me back as always so my question regarding your cats is uh-huh. is jack bauer always up for like 24 hours at a pop <laughs> no he's and then he sleeps for a long time one, one day a year <laughs> yeah and then he sleeps the other 360 no and, and does does leroy jenkins just run into a room and just ruin everything yeah well now leroy does do that sometimes because <laughs> he, well and the thing is leroy i mean at this point we got them a long time they're actually over 10 years old now and we got them when they were little kittens and um <clears throat> we uh he, even though they're over 10 years old Leroy still looks just like an adorable cute little kitten and he knows that he's cute and he uses that so he will run around you know aimlessly but then when he goes somewhere where he's not really supposed to go and he knows it he'll run in and immediately roll over and start showing his tummy and be like (laughs) I'm too cute to be mad at me so this is what you need to do Ando is like you and Katie we need to get this on video right you and and Katie may in a room Mm -hmm. like in your home making plans mm-hmm. of some sort just some sort of plans mm-hmm. and then we'll film leroy jenkins running into the room um and then you two going Wah! and then all of your friends just pouring out from off screen to just beat the living crap out of you <laughs> you know in a fun way oh man that sounds like uh, that sounds like an awesome video I think the only video that could about rival that we've already done was back before Andocon 2012. We actually did. You remember this is really dating me in the olden days of internet memory, but you remember <laughs> the Harlem Shake? I remember oh, hearing wow. about it. I never Maybe, learned what yeah. it was. Wow, both of these expressions on your faces. Yeah, That's wow. A blast from the past. That is. Well, we did an Andocon Harlem Shake. You can actually still see it if you go to the Andocon Facebook page and then click on videos. It's one of the only ones we've ever uploaded. So you can still see goofy us, you know, dancing around to the Harlem Shake. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Wow. That must be embarrassing. Mm, no. Well, I mean, not really. I wouldn't have put it on the internet if it was going to be that bad. <laughs> Because Lord knows nobody ever put something on the internet for somebody else when it's really embarrassing. <laughs> There's whole Twitter channels that are you know, Twitter, Twitter feeds that are just dedicated to that. Yeah. Um, there's a Darwin Awards one that I actually follow. And <laughs> yeah, here it is. Most, right here. It comes, comes up on YouTube. That made me laugh out loud this morning actually was, you know how they do, you've seen the, the people do the rubber bands around a, a, a watermelon trick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Adding rubber bands and rubber bands and rubber bands until and it just blows it, up. It, it, it cracks in half, blows up. Well, there was a woman who had like a small, like one of those little those little uh, watermelons that's basically kind of round. It's like, it's a little smaller than a basketball, but it's just round, not oblong. And she had wow. rubber bands all around it. She was taking out, She it didn't explode on her, so she took it out and she dropped it um, like onto the sidewalk with the hope that it would, you know, shake everything and the thing would blow up and it, she dropped it. It didn't, it didn't blow up. She reached down to pick it up as it tipped over so that the rubber bands were parallel with the ground. (laughs) And then it exploded (laughs) straight into her face. (laughs) (laughs) The top half just went straight up. She took it right in the melon as it (laughs) was. Oh man, that actually reminds me of one time when I was a kid and I was uh, 
I was having a water balloon fight with some other kids, and I thought you were gonna say a watermelon fight. I was no, like, no, a water balloon fight. <laughs> and I accidentally, like, way overfilled a balloon, and it was one of those where, like, I could almost barely even tie it off because it was so full of water. Oh, and sure, the it's so full that it's vibrating. Right. And so I'm carrying this thing from a sink from a bathroom outside. And then I just go to try and launch it. And the motion of trying to throw it just ruptured it. And the whole thing just exploded all over me. Been there. I have yeah. been in that exact spot. <laughs> I think probably a lot of people have. For the uh, Yeah. The water balloon. Mike, have you ever had a water balloon like blow up in your hands? <laughs> Not that you I can over, remember. You overfilled it just enough that they just very slowly the uh, the balloons structural integrity was compromised no if it did it happened like as i was throwing it and so That's it didn't really matter too, yeah. as you start That's, to move it yeah <laughs> it didn't get on me oh boy there was no balloon cake <laughs> <laughs> well there we go mike always has to crack me up during the episode there <laughs> there's the <laughs> I have my bell around here somewhere. I should get it. <laughs> Your bell? Don't you have three? <laughs> Wait. I think it was a set. Oh, I think it was two. Yeah. Um, have we all heard the uh, the new theme song on on the inter on the interwebs? The, uh, the the internet has its own theme song now. No, the Twitter's has a theme song now. It's kind of like you know when you get bored at home with is that song? Somebody, theme song? somebody recorded their 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 daughter, their young daughter, holding a guitar. Oh boy, um, singing a song. Have you not? Are you no. not aware of this? No, no. God, no. no. Okay, this will be fun for you. Okay, so oh, I've got to do some finagling with microphones and everything over here. So I'm going to try to make this work. Here we go. Hold on. What are we getting ourselves into, Mike? I don't know, but Craig's microphone just went below camera, so I don't know what yeah. it's doing. Uh oh <laughs> no. <laughs> I pressed I think, the wrong one. That's not it. <laughs> well, that's that's the re that's a remix. Oh, yeah, geez. no crap. <laughs> There's already a remix. Yeah. The kid, so you can actually hear what she's. Saying. I mean, that was hilarious for what it's worth, but okay, in in the on. for hey, hey, Craig, wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah. don't put your microphone as close. Uh, the next time, I okay. think it was a little bit too in. close. I wonder what's inside your balloon. I wonder what's inside your balloon. Maybe there's astronauts. Maybe there's aliens all inside your butthole. What's inside your butthole? I always want to know. Oh, wow future proctologist okay. there oh. so, sorry so sorry Fu up. future lower gi specialist heard, I, I played the oh. mixed version <laughs> um, because the, the problem is that the freeze frame looked like it was just her yeah, yeah. it becomes this psychedelic mix that somebody put together but yeah. um musicians around the world have taken to Creating their own versions. Well, of course, <laughs> I wouldn't have. be surprised if the Gregory Brothers who did like, so the auto tune that find, did that. I'm going to try to find some of the best ones. There's a lot of responses here. I need to kind of dig down through. Let's um, just make our own right now. What's inside your bottle? <laughs> what are? I'm going to look up the lyrics so I can sing along. <laughs> Goodness knows you wouldn't want to get those wrong. 
It's art, man. <laughs> well, I was I was foolish, and I should have recorded some of these so that I could find them more easily. I figured I would still be able to scroll down inside the Twitter. Oh, funny that one doesn't autofill. Butthole. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, and she's lefty. Okay, here we go. Um, for Allison, your wife, who is a big Cure fan. Oh boy. Hi everybody, this is Robert Smith from The Cure. Okay, everyone else has been stuck in quarantine here for a couple of months and um, just looking for inspiration, wanting to come up with some new stuff. I finally found that inspiration this morning on, on Twitter from a little girl. So I wrote this one for her. This is called Butt Song. <laughs> Is that really him? No. Okay. <laughs> Awesome. Asking the real questions. Uh, no, that was not actually Robert Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. He did a, a fairly decent uh, impression of that. I want to try to find the bl- Here's the blues one. This is uh, about the sadness that comes Wait. from not knowing what's inside your butthole. <laughs> well, now. Nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder what's inside the butthole. I wonder what's inside the butthole. Baby, it's aliens. Baby, it's an astronaut. I always want to do so. I wonder what's inside the butthole. I wonder what's inside your butthole. Now, am I understanding correctly something about it? Is, is an astronaut in there? Maybe the line was ast- maybe yeah. it's aliens, maybe it's astronauts. That's the, okay. The, the so part here's that the real from thing. Wonder what's inside your butthole. Here's the thing. Hypothetically, if such things existed, <laughs> would that not be a great time to call them astronauts? Oh, that 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 joke's been made like thirty times in this Twitter feed. <laughs> Because nobody uh, reads well, the whole not feed. Not on Nerdburger yet. <laughs> yeah, nobody reads the whole feed. So everybody that posts that thinks they're being, they're like the first one. But there you go. Ass, are, you, astronauts and analians. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but uh, there you go. But, but, um, but, ah! um, I thought I would share that with everybody because there was a lot of just like, there's a good, there's a good country version that somebody did and there, there's a few that are just kind of rocky whoa, whoa, whoa wait 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 a second, wait a second, wait i i heard two words that just conflict i i don't understand good country <laughs> there is such thing as good country music 
He's, he even sings it with a, uh, with a cowboy hat on and a hayseed out of, sticking out of his mouth. I'm looking at that one right now, actually. And then there's uh, somebody did like a punk version, too. So there you go. That's, uh, that's my contribution to the musical side of things today because, <laughs> because I don't play music anymore. So I figured I would go find uh, versions of what's inside your bottle. <laughs> Too bad you uh, you turned your trombone in when you left high school, or we could uh, have you record the trombone version. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all glissandos, just. <laughs> That's all a trombone really is, right? It's just it's just a big metal version of the of the uh, the slide whistle. Sure, man. I don't know. Like Katie Perry would say that <laughs> she played trombone in high school and college. So, oh yeah, all the be- all the yeah. best people did. Yeah, she was in the Georgia Tech marching band. I was in the Peshtigo High School marching band. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was also years. in her high school's marching band too, but she was in the Georgia Tech one too. And I played I played a solo for a halftime show once too. I Did you get a spotlight on you for it? There were no spotlights out on the, <laughs> on the football field. But um no, I was pretty serious into the band thing. I was I played Oh geez, I had the that had that solo in marching band my senior year. I had two solos in jazz band my senior year. I was in jazz band all four years. I had two solos my senior year. I was graduating. Um, they, and they typically, you know, the people who do the solos are always like seniors and occasionally juniors, depending on who's in there and what the instrument is and blah blah blah. So I did a bunch of that crap. <laughs> I was pretty good way back in the day. <laughs> What do you got? What's up? What's the plan? Um, <laughs> done with the butthole. I'm closing out the butthole window. You're, you're, <laughs> you're closing your Craig butthole. Closing Good to butthole. know. I just slammed both of the buttholes shut. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you got two? <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> Gotta have a backup. Oh, man. <sighs> what noise does that make when you slam your butthole shut? <laughs> like that yeah, it sounds exactly yeah actually it sounds like my uh i had to change the uh i had to change the alert tone on my phone because it sounded too close to the alert tone on my phone and so every time my butthole slammed shut i would think that i got a text <laughs> i was like who's texting me nobody texting me it's just my butthole my butthole noise all right <laughs> is it news time sure so was that What's news mike was that the <laughs> your news the butthole news sure. okay um hey uh let's talk murder hornets oh my god <laughs> yeah that's right there's this uh year couldn't get weirder there's Seriously. some uh giant uh oh asian giant hornets have made their way to the pacific northwest they're huge and nasty queens can grow up to two inches long Nope, 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 nope. They use <laughs> giant mandibles shaped like spiked shark fins to decapitate honeybees. Oh. And then they fly away with their thoraxes to feed their young. They'll wipe out entire, uh, what do they call them? I just lost Hives. the word. Hives, thank you. Um, or uh, um, colonies in a matter of hours. For people, the um, potent venom and stinger, which is long enough to puncture a beekeeping suit, make for an excruciating... Man combination that victims have likened to hot metal driving into their skin oh Ugh. my gosh nope 
I once had it was on my queue, and I might have it still floating around. Well, maybe we'll do it. We'll, we'll talk about it sometime. But I don't want to freak Ando out any more than he already is. Mm-mm. But it was a guy, um, one of these guys that does like the reality shows, and his like he had this shtick where he would go and like have something painful happen to him. He was handling, he was dealing with animals, and he got stung by something, some bee that was like considered to be like one of the worst. And uh, I watched it, and I was like, that's. That is terrifying. <laughs> he's he like he gets stung. He's like, oh, that's not that bad. I mean, it's, a, it's a prick. It hurt. It, and he's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, like it started burning and burning, and it wouldn't go away. And he was he was like, that is the worst thing that I've ever felt. That's like. And when I was seven year or six or seven years old, one of my uh, one of my friends uh, got stung on the back of the neck by a wasp. Um, he got swarmed by a bunch of them and one of stung him on the back of the neck. And that incident freaked me out so much. I have had a lingering phobia of like any kind of stinging insect whatsoever, no matter what it is. And that was not helped when I was a teenager by, uh, at Stone Mountain Park and, uh, a yellow jacket landed. I was, I was just sitting, minding my own business. I had no food near me. I was not being threatening. A yellow jacket landed on my leg and stung me for no reason and flew away. They are jerks, and I'm just I I have I personally have no use for them. I know there are some of them that have uses in the ecosystem, and that's fine. But just keep them away <laughs> from. Me. I I've I've I'm there with you. I've gotten a really bad sting or two in my life, and it oh, I flip out when like if there's a if I see a a, a hornet or something or a wasp in my apartment because mm-hmm. you know sometimes they get in right. Yeah, they do. I flip the hell out like <laughs> everything. My life stops. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. Completely agree. My life grinds to a halt until i have beaten that thing to death <laughs> oh i just i go for the uh the I, I have a can of hornet spray and i just ruin my drywall yeah i do that too the problem <laughs> is that you ever notice how sometimes you hit you hit it with the with the with the spray that's supposed to just kill them and all it does is slow them down and you got to keep at them and i've got really high ceilings yeah so it becomes like a real process that's <laughs> yeah, a little bit easier in my house yeah, man. The thing is, cats sometimes will just eat them. I know that sounds gross, but hey, sometimes, and that's if they get on the floor, man. Cats are on top of them. Yeah, my uh, my cat used to devour the giant flying cockroaches like they were nobody's business. <laughs> I would find like the front half of one with its ass end completely shredded, like pulling itself along the carpet with its front <laughs> legs still alive. That's a different kind of nightmare Jeez. <laughs> well, well actually that's one of the things that jack my cat jack bauer really used to i mean the place we live now is not very prone to cockroaches but we lived at a place once that, that they just got in more frequently and it wasn't so much that we'd find the roach itself it's just one you know we'd wake up in the morning and we'd find like a leg and a wing uh-huh. and that's yeah. it and so he'd like eat most of it but leave parts of it and we'd be like dude clean up after yourself at least eat the whole thing <laughs> Yeah, don't leave the front half crawling across the floor for me to find. Good God. <laughs> well, um, the internet said, the first thing that popped up uh, I, when I googled worst uh, sting, <laughs> it oh said, it's, it, uh, the BBC uh, claimed that it was something called a bullet ant, but, uh, but then I found a top 10 worst uh, insect stings and bites, and they list the bullet ant at only number three. Um, care to run through these real quick? Number 10, the names are, 
Uh, well, some of the names are pretty good. Number 10, Western Yellow Jacket. Yeah, it's just Boring. a common yellow jacket. Mm-hmm. Next. Uh, number nine, Giant Bornean Carpenter Bee. Ugh. That yeah, so okay. Carpenter Bee is like the ones we have here, but from Borneo and Giant. <laughs> and Giant. So, I, of course, being a D&D person, you know, a gamer, I imagine Giant as the size of my head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when something is giant, it's like a hundred times the size of its normal self. Oh, yeah. Number eight, Florida, Florida harvester ant. Harvester harvesting, ant. Harvesting okay. your soul. Pain, pain yeah. level three. Bold and unrelenting. Somebody is using a power drill to excavate your ingrown toenail. <laughs> uh, that's, that sounds like more of a more than a three to me. <laughs> uh, number seven, Maricopa harvester ant. Harvest. Also, pain level three. After eight unrelenting hours of drilling into that ungrown, ingrown toenail, you find the drill is wedged in the toe. <laughs> no. <laughs> Number six, red paper wasp. Those Ugh, are ones that those, th- yeah. th- those are the common wasps you have around here. They're yeah. kind of orangey colored. Uh, pain level three. Caustic and burning with a distinctly bitter aftertaste. Oh, here we go. Oh, right? wow. What's the what's the bu- what's the bouquet? <laughs> like spilling a beaker of hydrochloric acid on a paper cut. <laughs> with notes of fire yeah exactly i love how they've written these uh number five western honeybee yeah sure also pain level three it's crawled into your soda can and stings you on the tongue it's immediate noisome visceral and debilitating for 10 minutes life is not worth living <laughs> number four this one's pretty number four velvet ant it has a fuzzy red oh. hair all over it um oh. But it hurts more than a wasp sting. <laughs> uh, also, pain, pain level three, explosive and long lasting. It sounds like my diarrhea. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> when I stay home from work, not all the time. Expl- okay, okay. Hold on. Let's play the game. Let's play the game. No. Would you rather have explosive and long lasting ant sting or explosive and long lasting diarrhea i'll take you know what i i will take the diarrhea over the ant i i really just me too. at least that'll go away eventually and i can entertain myself on the toilet that's the devil i know yeah Wait, so we we're all in agreement we'll take the diarrhea yeah exactly i'll take i'll take explosive and long lasting diarrhea over lasting stings yes absolutely yep all right. Uh, it says you sound insane as you scream. Hot oil from the deep fryer spilling over your entire hand. Wait, I've, that was I've gotten hot one? oil on the deep front from the deep fryer, not on my whole. That hand, was though. the vel- the velvet ant. Oh, uh, it's like it's one of those things that spreads. It's yeah. like, it covers a whole big area. Yikes. Okay, number three, bullet ant. Yep, this is the one that the BBC said was the worst. Pain level four. Here we go. We're ramping it up. Oh God. Pure. Wait, what's the scale? Out of five or know. out of ten? I don't know. I didn't look ahead. I just Googled this, you know, it's an five upper, minutes ago. It's an upper limit because we're always discovering new new species right. in rainforest, right? There's yeah. no upper limit to this. There's Yeah, there's, what is it? There's no upper limit to uh, uh, heat or yeah. energy, but uh, there is a Skogel bottom limit. thing to, is just going to keep and, going. Entropy so we, bottoms out at some point. So we um, actually find infinite <clears throat> heat. Uh, what was this? The bullet ant. Pain level four. Pure, intense, brilliant pain. Like walking over flaming charcoal with a three-inch nail embedded in your heel. Oh, ah. <laughs> so, you know, up to your ankle. <clears throat> no, number two. Oh, boy. Um, hmm. Scientific names. It's, well, I'm confused by, by the picture. Uh, it, it, this thing is called a tarantula hawk, but it, it looks like a really giant, nasty cricket. Yeah, I've heard of those. Uh, Tarantula hawk. Yeah, I've heard of it. 
Tough enough to attack, paralyze, and drag a hairy poisonous tarantula up to eight times its weight. The two-inch long tarantula hawk rarely stings without provocation. The wound can persist for a week, but the agony rarely lasts more than five minutes. Well, that's good. (laughs) It's not named tarantula hawk because it looks like a tarantula or looks like a hawk, but because it will swoop down and and sting and carry away a tarantula, and it's a bug. Yeah, it looks like a grasshopper. Jeez. Uh, pain level four, blinding, fierce, shockingly electric. A, <laughs> a running hair dryer has just been dropped into your bubble bath. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number one. Uh oh. Warrior wasp. Ooh. Ooh, I like the alliteration. Yeah. Uh huh. A large paper wasp, incredibly fast and aggressive. Uh, as a unique... and why are the worst ones always the most aggressive ones too? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it earned its name because of a unique defensive display. Whenever their nests are threatened, warrior wasps beat their wings in unison, producing a rhythm that sounds eerily like troops on the march. So, so it's like the Sparta of wasps. <laughs> yeah, they all come up and lock shields. Jeez. Oh, uh, uh... All right, what's the is the pain level five on this one? No, this one's still four. I don't know what this scale is, uh, but the description is torture. <laughs> you are chained in the flow of an active volcano. <laughs> well, that that would kill you. <laughs> I take issue with that. I've watched there volcano. You Thank you, field and stream. I know, uh, what, I know what happens when you jump off the the subway <laughs> uh, car with uh with somebody that, with somebody that you're saving. And you jump right into the lava, and then you toss them out in front of where the lava is advancing, and then you slowly melt. I know slowly melt. Like. <laughs> slowly melt, screaming the whole time. I saw that in a movie once. They used a basketball to save the neighborhood. Or was it a soccer ball? What Some was that? sports ball. They used a sports ball to save the neighborhood. What movie? Volcano. Volcano. The coast is toast. Tommy they Lee figured, Jones and Anne Heche. They figured out which way the lava was going to turn based on the slope by putting a ball on the road and watching which way it rolled. Tommy Lee Jones and Heche, and by extension, and Heche's butthole, although you don't get to see it. Well, and Tommy Lee's butthole. I mean, you know, they're all, they're all there. No, what you get to see is the Earth's butthole. Because that's what the it's lava, about. The lava comes out. Yeah. Well, it's in it, and it is in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, say say what you will, say what you will about it. Um, it is overall just an action movie, lots of scientific inaccuracies and all that. But for it's a pretty fun action movie. But I will say that in that movie, of all of the things that you can do with a disaster movie, hits you over the head at the end with a really kitschy moral story, I mean, moral of the story when everyone is covered with ash and there's this little lost boy and they're like, do you see your mommy? And he's looking around and he's like, they're all the same. Oh, and there, was a whole, oh yeah. there was a whole racist underpinning of like the, the people coming together in the neighborhood. And yeah. At the, at the end, they're all covered in ash and they there all was, identical. There was also a pro... Yeah, that uh, was pretty heavy-handed, wasn't it, it? Yeah, it hit you way over the head. Yeah. There was also a pro... Um, uh, mass transit uh, message in that movie too, because at some point doesn't the lava take the subway? Yes, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. That's where they. That's where the dude dies. <laughs> Where'd the lava, the lava go? They, they couldn't figure out where it went. What should be coming up here? Where'd it go? <gasps> it's in the subway. Oh no! <laughs> because gravity. Um, you know. Hey, Jeez. we built tunnels for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all I have no problem with with disaster movies that have bad you know 
leaps of logic and bad physics and just kind of ridiculous premises and things. I've watched the core and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the core as well. I have the not core, seen the core. The core getting away from Craig the science. has ruined the core for me. <laughs> <laughs> getting, just getting away from the terrible science in the core. I love the fact <clears throat> that um, mass chaos across the entire world is saved by, as I recall, a complete set of Xena DVDs and unlimited hot pockets. Because they have DJ Qualls, that skinny little guy, yeah. that nerdy looking guy that had like a heyday in the 90, late 90s. And he comes in <laughs> for he's like going a year. To, he's going to control the, the, the internet media and, and keep all this under wraps, what they're doing and trying to keep it from all going crazy. He's going to hack the planet. And he asks specifically for the whole series of Xenon DVD and an unlimited supply of Hot Pockets. And that is why the world doesn't devolve into chaos in that movie. Thank you, DJ Qualls. One guy with Hot Pockets. <laughs> is that like an inside joke, having Hot Pockets in the movie about drilling to the center of the earth where there's all kinds of lava? I suppose it makes ooh, sense, doesn't it? Ooh, 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 that is like lava hot. <laughs> ooh, I've got, I've got it. By the way, I've got something for you guys. Got something for you guys. I know that Hot Pockets are kind of the quintessential just throw it in a microwave and it's done in a few minutes thing. But let me tell you, <laughs> okay. since we're all in court, you know, in, in oh, is, isolation now, and is this a recommendation to do this, <laughs> you actually read the box and look at the conventional oven instructions. Yes, it's 28 minutes. I know that's a lot longer to wait, but it will change your life. Whoa, it's actually much better. The crust stays crispy and it holds its shape and it, 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 it's, it doesn't ever have cold spots in it. It is thoroughly heated all the way through and it is actually it it bumps the quality up by like two whole factors that's, trust that's, me on this one the ando is good and wise i'm looking out for you hot pockets in the oven that's that's kind of the case with any bread product microwave versus you know frozen bread based product microwave versus oven it's always better mm -hmm. in the oven Exactly. Nobody wants to wait for the oven <laughs> no that's why you you use the uh, mic technique and you you uh, figure out through trial and error, exactly how long to nuke it for before you put it in the oven at a higher temperature and then finish it in there. You just do it. You do. It, you have a finishing move. Yeah, yeah, and it <laughs> takes takes about a, a third, half to a third the time of of what the full full on oven uh, instructions say, <clears throat> and you get the same oh, result basically. You're just you're you know you you thought in the microwave pretty much. That's dedication. Yep. That's that is that is pure. That right there is pure dedication to a combination of tastiness and laziness <laughs> <laughs> it's laziness <laughs> i want the i want maximum maximum taste for minimum effort <laughs> this is so lazy and in order and in order to attain it you have to try it over and over yeah, and yeah, over yeah. but once you got it it's the you got you got a secret that you can take to your grave i ate mm. hot pockets for three years straight but i finally figured it out <laughs> <laughs> oh boy what else do we got here and then I had my colon removed. Oh. I have no more news. I uh, we have a um uh, a nerd burgering that is going to happen uh, during the Kevin question. I've I've done my research. A nerd burgering. Well, yeah. So you're He's now gonna, a verb as well. He's going to learn us something. <laughs> uh, learn okay. me a book. <clears throat> Quick bit of uh, Utah news. Johnny Utah. No, okay. a trooper stopping a car with a suspected, quote, impaired driver. <laughs> 
end quote, okay. on a U.S. highway on, Mon- uh, well, recently, we'll just say, was bemused to find a five-year-old in the driver's seat <laughs> the Utah Highway Patrol tweeted. Oh, what was um, attached yeah, to his feet? What was attached to his feet so he could reach the pedals? I want to know. <laughs> well, probably wood blocks. <laughs> and like the kid like the kid in uh <laughs> oh brother where are yeah. thou <laughs> mom run off are you in an oft <laughs> after seeing a vehicle driving slowly and weaving in the left lane of mm-hmm. interstate 15 freeway the trooper turned on oh, the siren and the, the driver interstate. neatly pulled over to the side of the road well at least he knew proper traffic stop you know etiquette <laughs> he learned that from observation <laughs> Dashboard camera video posted by the police captured the conversation between the trooper <laughs> and the driver, which has since been uh, viewed on YouTube at 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 time of speaking, at time of reporting here, three quarters of a million times. Yeah. 760,000 times. It'll be three million by the time this episode yeah. airs. You're five, you're five years old? The trooper says, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so the, the trooper was a little impressed. impressed. <laughs> like, you know what? I know it's against the law, but you know what? Well played, kid. Well played. Uh, the trooper then asked some more questions. The boy, who was not identified as he is a minor, said he had left home in his parents' vehicle after having an argument with his mother, who told him she would not, not buy him a Lamborghini. So what? He took the car to go to the Lamborghini dealership? To go shopping. <laughs> And if she had agreed to buy him a Toyota, would he have been satisfied? Yeah. <laughs> and stayed home. Where is the closest Lamborghini dealership to Utah, Las Vegas? California. Really? He decided to take the car and go to California. So he he left Utah to go to California. Well, he started driving in Utah to go to California. He had $3 on him. <laughs> wow. How far did he make it? Probably not far. <laughs> it, it sounds like he got on the freeway, <laughs> but not terribly far because okay, he was immediately I, seen to be driving and weaving. You know what? Left One mo- In addition to obviously being clever enough to actually make the car working, at least drive and be able to do not more than immediately crash into a tree in your own front yard. Yeah. At got on five the- years old, he managed to make it not only out of his driveway, <laughs> but onto the interstate of the freeway. He made it out of, I imagine, like a neighborhood or an apartment or something yeah. onto a freeway, and he's five. He that successfully merged. I know, I know, forty-year-old adults who can't do that properly. <laughs> Most of this metro area can't do that properly. They have a Man. they have a name for it: merging madness. <sighs> oh boy, three bucks though that'll uh, buy you almost uh, almost two gallons of gas right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. If you don't blow it all on candy and hookers. <laughs> Three dollars won't get you. Well, actually, three dollars might get you more gas than it will candy and hookers these days. <laughs> well, it's Utah, and he's a kid, so I don't know. I don't now know how that works. This is this, and, and for the record, you're not talking about nose candy. You're talking about candy candy. Candy, candy. Yeah, yeah. He's five years old. <laughs> yeah, that was the joke that the kid is going to get candy and hookers. Yeah. Instead but, of but, ho- but blowing so hookers. No, no drugs, but still hookers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because. <laughs> It's a boy, right? <laughs> you know. Maybe maybe he just wants well he may, he just maybe he needs and maybe he's looking he's not looking for a hooker, he's looking for the mom experience. He just needs somebody to tuck him in that night to keep the monsters away, you know? 
Well, I'm I'm sure you know the closer he gets to Vegas, he could find um, both in one package. <laughs> yeah. You want me to call you mommy? <laughs> you want me I'll to call you little mommy. boy? You call me mommy. Plenty of women um, and men, for that matter, as well, who will tuck you in for the right sum. <laughs> just a transaction. <laughs> some will tie up first. Just just good business. Yeah. <laughs> Supply and demand. <laughs> You've got a hundred dollars. <laughs> I am willing to tuck you in <laughs> for an extra twenty. I'll sing you a soft kitty. <laughs> yeah, read you a story. <laughs> make sure you brush your teeth, <laughs> including checking the brush to make sure it was it's wet. wet. Yeah, and smelling it to see if it smells like toothpaste, and it's just not. You didn't just run it under the faucet. Well, the toothbrush was damp, but it didn't smell like toothpaste. I'm going to need you to chew one of these red tablets so I can see if you did a good job. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> That's a flashback. Man. Man. I never had that. No? No, no. Maybe I mean, my parents, of course, thing. I went through my phase, as I'm sure all kids did, of not really wanting to brush their teeth. But, like, my parents would just be like, you are not at the sink long enough to brush your teeth. Go back and do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd be it's, like, well, I did. Like, well, then you didn't do it long enough. Go back and do it again. And that's that's, that's just it. <laughs> is, that a, is that still a thing? Those tablets? I have no idea. Or are the, are the younger listeners listening to this going, what are you talking about? <laughs> There was a time when you could get a, you could buy tablets that you would you you chew on them and they would color your teeth if you had recently had toothpaste in them on your teeth. Yeah, like if you, as there long they as are. As long as it hadn't rinsed out of your mouth yet. Disclosing tablets are chewable tablets used to make dental plaque visible. Yeah, it's okay, not if you brush your teeth visible. Okay. Yeah, it's if you mm-hmm. if your teeth get colored, it means you didn't brush your teeth. Yeah, it finds the plaque that you missed. It finds the plaque that you missed. Mm-hmm. Sure. That doesn't mean anything. You could just be really bad at brushing. How much also, still is Rennie there, Mike? If you haven't brushed for like, you know, 30 days, you're you oh my god, the crap out of your teeth and still have black on them. Oh my god, Ando, how much are they? Mm-hmm. Oh, the, 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 the kid in Utah is going to be happy. Two ninety nine. <laughs> oh, for like a month's worth? How many? It's going to be about tree 50. <laughs> pack of 50. At toothbrushexpress.com <laughs> See. For all your express um, toothbrush needs during these troubled times, including detector tablets. Wow, that is something. Well, it says two ninety nine, but then it makes you. I guess that's twelve tablets, but you can get twenty four tablets for two sixty eight. Why would you buy the twelve tablets for more? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> are they are they flavored? <laughs> is that um, the difference? No, they always charge you a little, little bit, a little premium if something's flavored. They are gum brand, though. G U M, all capital letters. I've seen that brand. Really? I think so. I think I don't know. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I thought I had. Toothbrushexpress.com oh, since 1999. Since uh, Toothbrush Express, if you'd like to sponsor this episode, <laughs> also known as since uh, DJ Qual's career peaked. <laughs> I've seen him on a TV show here and there. (laughs) Yeah, he was uh, apparently in the core. He was uh, the the skinny, awkward, nerdy kid whose car they um, forced to borrow in Road Trip, and he played uh, Shel. He he played an actor playing Sheldon's drug addicted cousin that Sheldon hired on Big Bang Theory. 
And I've got one for you that's probably not on IMDb. DJ Qualls also is the main non-band character in the music video for Simple Plan's song, I'm Just a Kid, who ends up getting Eliza Duskew at the end. Spoiler alert. Well, good for him. Exactly. The nerd gets the girl in the end. Is that from the new guy? Then wait, what? Simple Plan is a band that doesn't really, I think, have much following. Any, I don't know. I don't want to talk bad about them. I liked them. Um, from from about when was this? Uh, it would have been like the early two thousands, I think. Simple Plan. I'm just a kid. Yeah, I'm sure that song was in the movie The New Guy, which starred DJ Qualls and Eliza Dushku. Oh well, I did not know. That's why that's, that's probably they were the in the video. Yep, that's the tie-in. I was not aware, so I learned TIL. <laughs> yeah, he's like the nerdy guy who becomes popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's got like Eliza Dushku and Zoe Deschanel hanging on him. And Eddie no. Griffin is teaching him how to be cool. Because, <laughs> you know, Eddie Griffin. Wow, that's quite the cast. Horatio Sands. Tony Hawk is in it as himself. <laughs> of course, as himself. <laughs> who else would he be? Gene Simmons plays a reverend. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Lyle Lovett is in it. Not as himself. Alrighty. What's next? What is next? I don't know. Is it time to talk to our guest? About to say, is it my turn? Is it my turn? We can, we can try. I oh, think it's try. turn. Do, do or do not, Craig. There is no try. That's a good lesson, yo. Thank you for teaching that to me. All right. So. 1980. <laughs> Right? Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. Empire Strikes Back, 77, 80, and 83. Three, three years apart. That was the trilogy. Can I, can I just throw in my Shadows of a Dark Past update real quick? Ooh, uh, yes. So, uh, as always at this point, when I come on the show, I give updates on my podcast effort, the, the project Shadows of a Dark Past that I'm, uh, that I'm working on. Last time that I was on the show, we were, um, we were about to kick off our Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign to fund the hosting for the first season. Uh, at this time, that campaign has finished and we funded successfully. So we have, uh, we are definitely um, green light to go forward. Um, and at this point, the the show it has been. Um, I've already gone through the whole season and done the work of taking all the the various takes of the scenes and gotten the correct lines that I want and put them all together into a coherent, you know, set. Um, I have someone who is working on composing just the background like mood music that'll be happening throughout so that's in progress um and one thing that i brought for show and tell as well um is that uh one of my friends who has actually briefly been on nerdburger at andocon because i've had him come up on the show michael tatum composed uh, or is in the process of working on composing a uh open a theme song for this show and so the uh, the opening and closing will be slightly different because the closing is going to be longer. But the opening theme song is just this short, pretty little thing. And I have brought that, and I would like to go ahead and play that for you guys. So this is the opening theme song for the upcoming Shadows of a Dark Past.
<laughs> nice. <laughs> Fancy. You're making a, th- a like a real thing. It's got production value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what that is. And, no. and, <laughs> and so um that's the that's the opening theme. Uh, the the closing theme will be uh, is basically the same me- med- melody, but there's a whole lot more intricate music that's going on during it. Um, I've heard a couple of demos as he's been working on it. I we are really really close to being done on the the, the finished version of the closing theme song. So honestly, post production is moving along at a really good clip. Um, I uh, we have had a setback, unfortunately. Um, we had what my uh, original audio engineer, because of the craziness that's in this world, um, was unfortunately had to step back away from the project. So I've I'm still I'm having to do some of the stuff myself. I wasn't expecting to. It's taking a little bit longer. I've hit a bit of delay, but we clearly are still chugging forward. And while I think I might miss the late spring date that I originally was hoping for, I am still thinking that by early to mid summer, I should be ready for this thing to publicly go live. Cool. And you know, that's, that's understandable. There's uh, a lot of stuff's getting delayed. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. So. I don't think anyone's going to be too upset. They know that everything's getting delayed. So, and I don't think it'll be delayed by too terribly much. And I promise the, the wait will be worth it. I promise you Ooh. that. <laughs> well, looking forward to it. Indeed. And, and as a, uh, a matter of course, I've, I've mentioned that I've been working on writing the first draft of season two. Um, I, a couple of nights ago, just finished writing episode eight of season two, which means that I am only now like, uh, I, I think that puts me around, I guess, 80% or so done writing the first draft of season two. Wow. And it's expanding, uh, in length. Uh, I can tell cause I, uh, the first season, if you just sat down and binge the whole thing, start to finish, like I hope people you know, will want to do, it'll take about three and a half or so hours. If uh, and the 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 script for the entire first season is like 70 something pages, like 78 pages, the script for season two, which is not complete yet, is already over 100 pages long. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So season two and three. Well, and and the thing is, season two is about to ramp up the intensity of some stuff by by a bit. So basically. I, I am getting I'm getting excited. Some of the scene like the scene that I wrote at the end of episode eight of season two, I was crying and I was the one writing it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> make people cry? Come on, man. Dude, it's intense. It's a story. It's it's a character story. That's what I want. Okay, so is just judging it on my own scale, is it like Rudy cry? End of Rudy cry? I have not it, seen or Rudy. is it or is it like <laughs> end of Mr. Holland's opus cry? I have not seen Rudy, so I do not know. End of Rudy makes me tear up a little. End of Mr. Holland's opus makes me ball like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because the scene is so much longer. I don't want to <laughs> spoil anything because you haven't even heard the first season yet, much less the second. So you're okay, really going to have to wait a bit before I can answer that one for that's you. That's fair. But yeah, so I'm I'm super excited. Uh, really, really excited. And this is... Uh, this is going to it's coming soon. I know I've been I've been talking about this now for well over a year and I am about to make good on this. It is about to pay off and mm, no one will be happier than me when it does. <laughs> it's nice when you finish a project. So, yeah, it is <laughs> looking forward to it. You could say uh, when it's finished and it comes out, you can say it's really not that late. It just seems that way. <laughs> <laughs> 
because a podcast is never late, nor is it early. It is always published precisely when it's meant to be. Yeah, there you go. I, I, don't was, know. I was about to go down the same road. <laughs> I, I personally think time is going by extra fast during all it, this. I don't know why. It, it kind of feels slow to me. I, I, I've, I'm like, it holy just... crap, it's May? <laughs> what happened to April? For, for me, when I was working from home all the, you know, like every day, that was that my days blew by. Yeah, well, I'm still, but, I still am. As soon as I'm in the <laughs> office, everything grinds to a halt. Yeah. <laughs> since, since I don't have a corporate job, and I was only doing Instacart before, when I uh, went into isolation, I haven't, I haven't worked in since like March. So my, I have literally gotten to a point where I lose track or I've lost track of days. Like I had to set a reminder for myself to be like, okay, tomorrow is Nerd Burger. Don't forget to get up and do yeah. it. <laughs> Well, thank you for doing that. Unlike some of our guests who we have, have to, to do uh, that, even when it's, when they're not in lockdown yeah. or, or isolating or dealing with things like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm the one that you guys. Some have of to our see. guests require a, a reminder the day before all the time. Some of our guests require a reminder the day before, the day of. The day of. They hours, make us the call their before. parents and their siblings. And I'm the one you guys had to remind <laughs> to not come early. Yeah. Okay, so what else have we got here? You got. Um, Something for us to try to noodle out. I do. You're, I have one other make thing. Us, make us try to think. Okay, so I think, didn't the other game, wasn't it on the Nerdburger Begathon? I want to say it was. I don't know if the regular listeners would have heard the other it was game. that long ago, but okay. I, I don't no, know. I think it was a regular episode. Okay, yeah, well, some time ago. Some time ago, I brought a game show to Nerdburger where I uh, gave off a series of dictator quotes, and you guys had to guess whether those quotes came from real-life dictators or dictators from Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> I have a new game for you now. All right. And um, this new game is going to be uh, kind of timely because of reasons that will become very apparent. Um, this game is about diseases. In this game, I am going to read you um, the name of a disease, and apologies in advance for butchering pronunciations. I'm doing the best I can. I got pronunciation guides before I could. Um, and you have an opportunity here to guess whether that is a real disease or if it comes from a sci-fi franchise, which is not limited to Star Trek. Gotcha. So everything. And Wonderful. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's there's only I, I know, I know. I know. Yeah. So I got 10 entries total, 10 are real or five are real, five are sci-fi. Now okay. you have an opportunity just at the word itself to guess whether it's real or sci-fi. And if you want, you can pass on and I will give you a short descript a short uh like um definition of it, which I've tried to deliberately make vague so it's kind of tough to tell which are real and which are sci-fi. So it's never going to, ne the description's never going to be, Spock contracted this in the episode. <laughs> right. Blah, blah, okay. It's going to be more never things gonna be actually, that easy. Ooh, 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 right. ooh, sci-fi, sci-fi. <laughs> and, and so basically, um, if you if you guess correctly with only the word itself, you'll get a bonus point. Oh boy, so there's points. points. Um, oh, and if you wait until until the definition and guess correctly, you'll get one point. So either two or one points. And obviously, if you get it wrong, then no points. Now, I also at the beginning, and I was mentioning this before we started, um, want to make clear that because the real diseases are, we're not just talking about like acne here. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> these are real diseases that are that are pretty awful and in some cases fatal. 
So I don't want to make light of these. So any listeners, if these sound as horrible as they actually are, I have uh, I'm sending Mike a series of links to some charitable foundations for that work with these illnesses. So if you feel led to donate to help these people, you can. So those will be in the description of the show. An opportunity to learn a little bit about the disease and then to to hopefully help. To help where you can. Yeah. If you are are able. Yeah, if you're able. So I have now set up a score sheet for Craig and Mike. Are you guys ready to do this? So wait, wait, there's five real and five sci-fi, ten total? That is correct. Okay. Well, you shouldn't have told us that, but... No, no, he told us that already. Yeah, right. You shouldn't have told it in the first place because that makes the last one um, obvious. Well, unless unless you lose track. (laughs) Exactly. Which may very well happen because I'm getting old and my memory isn't so... So well, I'm hoping you know that I'm... you do. Hoping that you do lose track. I mean, <laughs> well, maybe maybe Ando prepared and has extra, and he's going to give us six and four. Or maybe he's lying to exactly. us. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Misleading us. All right. You ready? Sure. Okay. And these are, of course, obviously shuffled, so it's not just all the sci-fi and all the real. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Who's going? Cor- uh, well, this is kind of one of those, like, I figure, uh, all right, so, all right, you're right, you're right, since the audio. Or do we, do we ring in with our name? Um, well, this is more going to be, you both get a chance to answer. It's kind of like versus who gets it right. Oh, so we're okay, just going to start with so, Craig so goes the, first the and second, then. Like like we did last time where the second person can always just agree with the first person. So we all stay tied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I don't want to make this too yeah. difficult. That's fine. That's fine. And the point here is not to win points and win the game. Yeah, this the is fun. Is, the point is to. Uh, to, uh, and, and to, raise to, awareness. To, to raise awareness. We should we should hold our hands up. No googling. <laughs> well, okay. I'm not, hold, I'm not holding my hands up, but you can trust me, Mike. You've known no, me I for don't. How long? I can't trust you. <laughs> Good <laughs> lord. Happy. <laughs> okay. I, I can see all four hands. <laughs> I'm just showing my two fingers instead of both one hands. on each hand. Yeah, the same <laughs> finger. Uh, we are beginning, gentlemen. All Your right. first disease is choreocytosis choreocytosis does anyone want to guess now whether that is real or sci-fi given that it has cytosis in there and that may i mean like fictional diseases may use you know medical words too it's not they're not all going to be like weird sci-fi words I'll guess that that's real. I have no idea what it is. I don't. I don't think I, I've ever heard. I, of it. I'm I it's real. yeah. I have to agree because it sounds boring enough that it has to be real. Okay. Um. Just so you know, the my definition I would that I was going to read is a virus affecting the ability of blood cells to carry oxygen to the body's organs. Now you have both already guessed this is real, so that's not going to. Get, I'm not giving you an opportunity to change your answer. Mm-hmm. Um. That is, in fact, a sci-fi illness. What? Because that sounds so boring. I mean, it sounds so standard. Uh-huh. Like, like that. There's got to be like yeah. a real disease that. But does that's that, why right? Ando okay. picked that one, though, because right. it would have oh, so, thrown us sneaky. off. All right. So basically, I, I'll also tell you if it's sci-fi where it came from. Where, where's this from? That is from the Star Trek franchise. However, it is one that you wouldn't have known unless you watched the animated series. Oh, my Lord. It is from the episode. Mike, you and I are so screwed. (laughs) (laughs) This is from animated shows. From the 70s. God. It is called. The the episode is The Pirates of Orion. And as a side note, this disease actually only mildly affects humans, but very drastically affects Vulcans. Of course Mm. it does. 
because that had to the, be the threat for Spock. Of their blood. Like this is the one where the clue would have been Spock gets this episode. Yep. The <laughs> yeah, this was animated it. Animated series episode. <laughs> well, see, that's right. why I'm not giving you that type of clue. So, that's understood. That's fine. That's fine. All right, okay. your next illness is Mobius syndrome. <laughs> Mobius syndrome. Craig, is this real or sci-fi? Mobius. Well, we all. What's Mobius? Mobius is the. I think it's, it's the, the snake that's infinite, eating its own tail. The infinite loop kind of thing, right? Yeah. That that feels like it might be a genetic disease. I'm going to say it's real. Okay, Craig thinks it's real. Mike, do you want to guess or do you want to uh, you want to hear the definition? <laughs> do you want to do you want to agree with me or do you want to actually get points? Um, I I uh, I, I'm going to guess it's sci-fi. You're going to guess it's sci-fi, okay? For more points. <laughs> All right. So my definition I was going to give is a neurological disorder that causes facial paralysis and the inability to move one's eyes or form facial expressions. Now, the answer to this one is that it is real. So Craig gets two points on that one. Um, this uh, So for a couple of stats on this real disease, it affects about 2 to 20 people per million births, so it is decently rare. Um, there are some surgeries that can help with some of the effects, but not entirely, and there is unfortunately no cure. And obviously the inability to make facial expressions can cause quite a number of social problems because people will just think you're kind of a jerk, and so yeah. this is, is kind of a problem. Do we know, is it chronic? Is this like once you have it, it's just kind of there? Or yeah, yes, yes. It is a neurological disorder. You basically from birth. It's oh, from birth boy. through your entire life. So that is one of the the foundation for people with Mobius syndrome is one of the links. I, I imagine that might be, and I'm just guessing, but I imagine that might be something that at least in today's day and age that um, people pick up on it pretty quickly because one of the indicators of a child of a child's development is when they smile at their parents. Yeah, no, it and is so if, very if, easy. If, to if you pick notice up. that your child's not smiling very early in life, that it might get caught pretty quickly. Well, and also the the eye movement lateral, like side to side, they literally can't move their eyes. That is also a super like as an infant. Okay, sure. Wow. They know. Yeah. Well, and that's another that yeah, like rec recognizing and following objects and mm -hmm. everything. That's all part of development. Exactly. Okay. Probably, All right. They, they catch it pretty quickly. All right. Yeah. All righty. On to number three. Um, and this, I'm sorry for difficulty on pronunciations. Uh, Alflagiolus or Alflagiolus. Would you like to guess now or hear the definition? <laughs> wow, the facial expressions I'm seeing right now. I'm going to guess oh. it's real. All right. Mike guesses it's real. I'm going to try to pull out into a heavy lead here just by playing odds and saying <laughs> that it's sci-fi. All right. Craig says it's sci-fi. All right. So the definition I was going to give is a bacterium that acts as a solvent that destroys plastic. And the answer to that one is that this one is sci-fi, yeah, giving Craig two more points. <laughs> so it's got to be like a replicant or something. It's got to be something for androids or replicants or so this... destroys plastic. Is that a well, disease for... This is one of those things, this is uh, another pretty obscure one, and I was digging deep for this. So this is, is from the Stargate Atlantis okay. universe. This is from a novel called The Third Path. Oh, my which God. Is yeah, which is, from, which is the end of, uh, of an eight-book saga, apparently. I haven't actually read it. I found so this So not only do I need to be into Stargate, I need to be into Stargate Atlantis, I need to read the novels, and I need to read all eight of these books, because I'm probably not going to just read the eighth one. <laughs> <laughs> 
And on top of that, this <laughs> this bacterium and it's out of print. No, no, this va- into the content of it. This bacterium mm. itself was only a minor issue inherently, but it was infected with what they called a bacteriophage that enhances and strengthens the host bacteria's effects. So this was a much bigger deal that it was dissolving all the plastic in Stargate Atlantis. So. Wow. All righty. Okay. The book was only released in Japanese and it was never translated. <laughs> you must be able to read and, Japanese. And I have to learn Japanese. <laughs> and Uh-oh. not to just and and not just like speaking it conversationally. I need to be able to read it. Yeah, a novel. Which is a whole, <laughs> yeah, whole other beast. I never promised these would be easy, okay? That's that's true. You didn't. And boy, oh boy, you are delivering on that non-promise. <laughs> All right. Said the guy so, who's winning four to nothing. Uh, I was going to say the score is four to nothing, Craig, uh, but we've only done three. So, Mike, you have time to catch up. All right. Number four. Fundus flavimaculatus. Oh, my Lord. Fundus flavimaculatus. I'm saying it's real. Sorry, Mike says it's real. Okay. I'm going to say it's sci-fi because it sounds like something out of like, out of uh, 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 like, hitchhiker's guide or uh-huh. like, that is such a bizarre name and it's pro- of course it's going to be real and it's going to be a horrible disease but go ahead <laughs> i just wanted to note that i'm actually kind of glad that you guys are guessing before i get to the definitions because i'm enjoying this a lot more <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we're both just greedy and we want to yeah, that's fine i'm okay with this i'm never right, going to catch so, up if i wait for the definition <laughs> i right. say mike go for one point every other round The definition is a disease causing light-sensitive cells in the retina to deteriorate, leading to central vision loss and eventually blindness. And the answer to this one is that this is very real. That gives Mike your two points. You got me me with the really bizarre name. Yes. And you, I don't know um, if this is going to be more well-known, but that's the scientific name, but it does have one of those named names that I held till afterwards. This is also known as Stargardt's disease. Um, It affects approximately one in 10,000 people. It is also a genetic disease that's inherited. Um, It's caused, it's a problem that relates to vitamin A processing in your eye. And basically instead, it's kind of like the opposite of tunnel vision because your peripheral vision stays at first and it just, what's directly in front of you fades and eventually it can lead to blindness. So, but it doesn't necessarily always. uh, It depends on how bad it progresses. So I guess it's, I think it's possible. I haven't done like, you know, full research i did some research if it was one if it was one in ten thousand and it always led to blindness very quickly we we would have heard oh it's not very quickly this is a long time i understand i understand yeah i was just thinking i was just thinking because of the one in ten thousand thing yes so it it may be something that just like you might have it not you know like have it not be a significant factor it it's from what i from what i read it looks like it it starts presenting most often like in your late teenage years around 17 or so is when you start noticing the like fuzzy or gray spots at the very front of your vision so mm-hmm. yeah so this isn't a fatal one but it does lead to the debilitation of blindness so again this one's pretty or at least pretty, impairment yeah yeah, yeah. So, so there's a way for you to uh to uh, to donate yep <laughs> do help with this if you want please yep all um, right number five zero derma zero derma anyone want to guess or do you want to wait for a definition is is can we get a spelling i will spell it for you x-e-r-o-d-e-r-m-a right. zero derma. derma it's going to be a skin thing yeah what does zero i don't know what zero means i don't know my latin 
<laughs> did they pull that right from Latin or zero or is X-E-R-O? Is that like some sci-fi species or something? Sci-fi. I'm saying sci-fi. Mike says sci-fi. I'm going to say it's sci-fi. Craig says sci-fi. Yeah, it's got an X in it. That's got to be messy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the definition is an extreme sensitivity to sunlight causing rapid sunburning and high vulnerability to cataracts and skin cancers. Mm. And the answer to this one is you're both wrong. It's very real. Oh, no. This affects about uh, the, 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 um, the demographics are uh, different depending on what country you're in. But in the USA, this affects about one in 250,000 people. There is no known cure or treatment other than pretty much you literally have to completely avoid exposure to the sun without having special protective clothing and strong sunblocks. I mean, it's pretty much, the, you know, vampire's disease, essentially. Um, and uh, about half of the people who have it, because, I mean, you have it your whole life, by the time they're age 10, have developed some kind of skin cancer. Yikes. Yeah. This one's pretty nasty. Stay inside all the time. Now, is yeah, that like, like Mike, we can't, we, Mike, we can't joke about you you know catching fire when you go out in the sun anymore yeah we like can. these like they get <laughs> like after just a few minutes in the sun there's like blistering sunburns because we're not joking about me having that disease we're joking about me being a vampire <laughs> well that's true you are a vampire <laughs> you only have half a soul that's true half ginger so neither of you got points on that one want want on- <laughs> on to number six so we are halfway through the score is uh gotta, craig gotta, four mike I gotta, two i gotta recognize one of these <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go number six adulacentia perpetus not that one <laughs> adulacentia perpetus i'm gonna say real Ooh, i'm gonna say sci-fi mike says it is sci-fi the definition is an extremely rare condition that it causes the appearance of youth to persist. The answer to this one is it is sci-fi. Good job, Mike. You are tied with Craig now. Is that Benjamin this, Button's disease? Sci-fi opposite of progeria. <laughs> this, <laughs> wow. this comes from Doctor Who. Oh. This comes yeah. from a novel. I, I knew I knew not watching much Doctor Who was going to bite me in the ass someday. Well, this is from a novel, so watching wouldn't have helped. Oh, Christ. <laughs> the novel's called The Depths of Despair. Um, it's the and, seventh one in the series. No. And uh, it is actually, uh, as a side note, this disease is actually probably a made-up disease even within the Doctor Who universe as the character who claims to be afflicted by it turns out to later just be an android, which is why she doesn't age. Oh. So it's a fake disease within a sci-fi universe i double faked you out oh man you are sneaky <laughs> that means that i gave mike's uh wild guess there got him tied up so it's four each Woo. Yeah. told you it's anybody's game it's all downhill from here <laughs> all right here we go this next one is erythema erythema migrans lingualis erythema Migrans lingualis. Too many words, sci-fi. All right, my <laughs> guess is it's sci-fi. All Latin sounding. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's what they all sound like. <laughs> that's Except the when point. you have like you know so, you know somebody's name syndrome or something like. Which that. is when I didn't use that syndrome for yeah, the most yeah. part. I'm gonna say that's real. All right, he I says have no that idea is what it might be. Lingualis, maybe something involving the vocal cords. All right, so the definition is a benign pattern of discoloration on the tongue that is sometimes mildly painful. Oh, that's the answer real. to this is this is real. 
This is actually, I had to dig deep to find the scientific name for this. This is actually most commonly just called geographic tongue. It is extremely common. It affects two to three percent of the total population of humanity. Um, I could not send you any information about a uh, foundation because it is totally benign and like in the vast majority of cases isn't painful at all. At worst, it's only mildly stings sometimes. A lot of people have it and it just means your tongue looks kind of like a map with colors. Hmm. I mean, with like white, like light gray. Cool. <laughs> it's like, look on Craig's face. Weird. It okay. is. Geographic I was, tongue. I was right. It had did it had something to do with like the speech. I did yep. vocal, not vocal cords, but the tongue. Okay. So much well, I caught that too, that but there's nothing about. Yeah, there's no reason why the fake sci-fi disease can't use Latin words if it's a sci-fi mm-hmm. that's based with humanity. Yeah, I mean, choreocytosis. You know, that's also Earth. based in. Yeah. All right. So your next disease is triflexia triflexia feels sci-fi you gonna go with sci-fi craig yeah i'm also going with sci-fi mike's also going sci-fi i think i've heard this if all right so the um the definition is a deadly disease that attacks blood vessels causing the cell walls to inflate to three times their normal size thus triflexia right Uh And you're both right. This is sci-fi. Now, Mike, Mike, I find it hard to believe that you could have heard from this because, you know, Craig, your your obscure meter is going to go way, way off on this one. No, I know. I know where I've heard this. It's, this is what the Grinch had. It made his heart swell three times its normal size. Triflexia. This, this is from the Star Wars universe. What novel? <laughs> it's not from a novel, Craig. This is from a magazine called Challenge 76 from the 1970s. This is actually a science fiction role-playing magazine that had a fan-based Star Wars adventure in it that dealt with a deadly disease called triflexia. Do you own this? No, I don't (laughs) own this. I looked it up. Okay. (laughs) My point is the obscurity is, you know, so... That means that you're, uh, the score is now eight to six. So, Mike, you're only down by two. We're down to the last couple. Here we go. Okay. Dermafolica. Dermafolica. Well, that's a hair and skin thing, right? I can neither confirm or deny unless you <laughs> want to hear the definition. Uh, real. Craig says it's real. Mike? Sci-fi. Mike says it's sci-fi. The uh, definition is a disease causing dizziness and nausea, progressing to excessive drying and flaking of the skin. Obviously, you both could have guessed that by the, you know, by the name. You're right. This is a sci-fi disease. I'm like, job, what, are, what does diz- dizziness and nausea and flaky skin have in common? <laughs> well, uh, well, and that is an extremely generified and very mildified definition because this is from the Farscape episode we're so screwed part one fetal attraction (laughs) and when i say flaking of the skin it actually was a much more dramatic sloughing off of just skin so it's much more dramatic than it sounds but i didn't want to you know put that in the definition Uh, the disease is fatal if it's left untreated but again it's in the farscape universe all right so that means the score this is perfect going into the final disease the score is tied eight eight here you go. Pseudomyxoma 
peritonei. Pseudomyxoma peritonei. Real. Mike says it's real. Real. Craig also says it's real. The definition is a rare malignant growth characterized by progressive accumulation of mucus secreting tumor cells within the abdomen and pelvis. Oh, and the answer to this, oh, please don't you're unfortunately both right. Oh. It, is real. it is very real. It affects approximately one in a hundred thousand people. Um, this disorder actually um, originates within the appendix. What happens is uh, a small mucus producing polyp can develop and then it can burst through the appendix wall and then it starts spreading mucus producing tumor cells all throughout the pelvis wall. And this actually some uh, causes uh, like the person's belly to swell and it is extremely painful. The appendix is just no good. Yeah, just get so, just go go and get rid of it once the elective surgery start again. Just get rid of well, that and, thing. Well, and here's the unfortunate <laughs> part about this: it, it, because the while the polyps inside the appendix, you don't have any symptoms. By the time you do have symptoms of this, it's already burst through yeah. the appendix wall, and a pen, and an appendectomy will not solve this problem because the tumor cells have spread into the sure. abdomen. Yeah, is it operable? Uh, yeah, it is treatable, but it's serious. It is a serious yeah. condition, but I, it is treatable. Um, and again, there's more information that'll be uh, provided uh, below. So. In the notes. All right. So that is all 10, and you both ended up with 10 points each. So a tie. <laughs> Congratulations, gents. Yay. And I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. Here's your participation trophy. <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's uh, yeah, if uh, if you are so inclined, um, the notes are up there to uh, to donate to some of these. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. Now I learned all about all sorts of other stuff that I didn't know existed. Most of the time, I enjoy learning. That bothers me. But hopefully, well, then I'm know, sorry. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, it's not your fault. It, you know, I mean, there's we got scientists on the job, right? We got people yeah. on the case. Yeah, like all all of these all diseases of these. that that I've that I've sent you the links to. There's some kind of foundation doing research. They've got notes about what how they're you know trying to study it and the the trials they're trying to do to find ways to treat these things. Like none of these are, you know, are, are just just like oh well, you know, there's there's work being done. Yes, so. well, except cool. for the geographic tongue because that one's not well, yeah, not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Or the fake Doctor Who one. <laughs> yeah, or the fake Star Trek one. There's, or... there's no foundation for that, not even in Doctor Who. <laughs> Doctor, Doctor Whoville? No? That's... Doctor Whoville. Hey, see, we're back to the Grinch. Triflexia. <laughs> did did oh, the Grinch's si heart grow three sizes? I thought it grew more. Did it grow five sizes? I don't oh, remember. How many sizes did the Grinch's heart grow? I think it was three. Three sizes? I think. The Grinch's heart. Sizes that big, and we all got like the inside shot, like in the cartoon. There's the shot, like the close up. Yeah, of, you like, he's sort of inside, mm -hmm. and you see the art go. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Well, they put the the X-ray frame in front of him, like you're seeing. Yeah, and then it bursts out of the X-ray frame because right. it grows so large. And yeah. that's and that's the point where the Grinch starts having serious health problems <laughs> because enlarged an enlarged heart is very bad. Maybe next time I do one of these guessing games, it will be less depressing. But I, you know, th this would, just seemed would, a little would, bit timely. Not, it wasn't depressing. It was just, uh, yeah. Oh boy, life is weird sometimes, right? Stuff happens that, yeah. Well, but but, but like we said, got people are on the case, so hopefully yeah. there's out there, there's people out there that are going to figure it out.
Yeah, f*** you, Appendix. (laughs) Dirty little bastard. Seriously. (laughs) Who needs it? Intelligent design. (laughs) Vestigial piece of garbage. (laughs) Yeah. But what about all the good things the Appendix does? Spewing mucus tumor cells all over your pelvic wall. Jeez. Okay. Do we have a Do we have a question? We do have a question. Yay, Kevin! Question. One forty-eight. Question. In nineteen eighty-five, the DeLorean was a joke of a car with a oh, <laughs> with a cult following. <laughs> it was not a, still. It was a poor seller. DMC yeah. had filed bankruptcy and been liquidated, and John DeLorean had been found guilty of drug stuff. When Marty, that was the charge too. Yeah. Like on on the, that's what they brought him up to in front yeah, the, of the judge. Yeah, yeah, the FBI. Uh, we yeah. the jury find the defendant on the. We the jury on the <laughs> for the charge of drug stuff, stuff. find the defendant guilty. guilty. That's what they said. Drug stuff. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, da, 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 da. When Marty asked Doc about the DeLorean, Doc states he used a car with style. The uh, the line is uh, the way I figure if you're gonna build a time machine into a car why not do it with some style besides the right. stainless steel construction makes the flux dispersal look out <laughs> right because he gets interrupted by his watch alarm uh that that on to the question if back to the future was made today what car would be the replacement for the delorean thanks kevin oh, a tesla <laughs> so or maybe one of those boxy ones, you know, like, uh, oh, shoot, the what was the name? Yeah. <laughs> the, the Nissan Cube. Well, <laughs> there was an entire, like, uh, manufacturer that made this. Shoot, right. what are they called? Oh, the Scion so, XB? Yeah, Scion, Scion. The Scion. Well, yeah, it was the XB. Like different kinds of... Yeah, the, 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 so, the XA looked like a normal compact car. The XC was like a sporty two-door, and the XB was the one that was just square. Looked vaguely <laughs> like the element. The Cube. Um, so like today's car that is like a poor seller, but is like got a cult following and considered stylish by eccentric scientists. Tesla. <laughs> you could tie it right into the, the electrical thing. Cause it needs yeah. 20, 21 gigawatts and they wouldn't have to worry about like, if they went back in time, they wouldn't have to worry about finding gasoline. They just have to generate the electricity for both the, the normal. That's right the normal normal vehicular propulsion and the flux capacitor that would make a that would chop a whole subplot out of the third movie yeah (laughs) um no experiments with that uh high test whiskey (laughs) oh but that was the fun part (laughs) (laughs) blowing things up with whiskey um the fuel injection manifold i'm not a car guy so that's a hard i mean tesla jumps out at me yeah i was thinking that as soon as ando said it Great minds, Craig. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to, like, what's, what's a, I, I don't know, other than Tesla, like, what's the, the not very well, I mean, Tesla sell okay, they're just not, they, they just have a kind of a niche market. Yeah, they're still being produced, though, that's. Yeah. Yeah, but okay, so now we have to do, like, what's, I don't even, what's, what's no longer being produced relatively oh, recently? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, I don't car, I don't know, uh, I don't know cars well enough to know the answer. Pontiac was recently discontinued as a brand. Okay, so what's a sporty Pontiac? G6. The Aztec. Uh, The Pontiac Aztec. (laughs) (laughs) Walter White's car. (laughs) Wait a minute, Doc. You built a time machine? Out Out of of an Aztec? Aztec? (laughs) (laughs) 
Not a bad line. <laughs> Jeez. All right. <laughs> Jeez. Got to make my voice crack a little bit. Um, I don't, Mike, yeah, Tesla's have, the best thing I got. <laughs> do you have thoughts, Mike? I, I figured it out. And you're, oh. you guys are close with Tesla. Oh, okay, good. We're close. I, uh, I submit close to wins. you for our modern day Back to the Future car, the Fisker Karma. The, Fisk- you're making that up. No. I call Google shenanigans. It. Google it. Okay, I'm looking that up. <laughs> the Fisker Karma, like the DeLorean. That noise? Oh my God. Was F-I-S-K-E-R, produced, and then Karma like you'd expect. The DeLorean was produced for three model years. The Fisker Karma was only produced for two. Um, it's pretty sporty looking. I'll give it that. Back in 2011 and 2012, so it's recent. Um, the Is it a stainless uh, steel body? No, it's, it's regular paint on metal or... I don't even know if it's metal or if it's the interior fiber, looks snazzy fiberglass um, designed uh, and produced by Henrik Fisker. Who Heinrich. Henrik, who is Henrik. Danish, um, but lives in America, who, like uh, John DeLorean, worked for other big name car manufacturers, producing cars for them before he struck out on his own uh, DeLorean. Famously uh, oversaw the production of the Pontiac GTO, Firebird, and Grand Prix. Speaking of Pontiac. But he didn't have, uh, he wasn't a car designer. For, for that, for the DeLorean, he went to Giorgetto Gigiaro, Italian car designer, who's still alive, by the way. Um, who designed Ferraris, Maseratis, Alfa Romeos, the Lotus Esprit, which the, uh, the chassis of which is the basis for the chassis design in the DeLorean. And I didn't know this. The original Volkswagen Golf. First generation. I have the seventh generation. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so, but Henrik Fisker was both of those. He was a, uh, a car producer, manager, production manager, and a designer. He oversaw the production and design of the BMW Z8, which was a Bond car in, I'm forgetting the name of the, it was a Pierce Brosnan movie from 99. Um, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies? I think so die another day it's either golden eye tomorrow never dies or the world is not enough those are the three. Oh, it's the world is not enough the world is not enough okay and then he moved on to ford when ford i don't know if they still own aston martin so he he worked for ford but he was working at aston martin and he designed the db8 and the vantage which was aston martin's uh highest selling car and i think one or both of those were eventually bond cars uh, and then famously, he uh, his production house, which is called Fisker Coach Build, um, did the original design for the Tesla S. And then Tesla sued them <laughs> because he came out with his Fisker Karma, and they claimed that he stole a bunch of their ideas. And that's the controversy. That's his cocaine sale. <laughs> That's his, that, which is how he's not like John DeLorean. That is the most, the most uh, uh, controversial thing that happened with him. Um, both companies based in the United States and car manufactured in a foreign country with tax credits involved, uh, DeLorean in Ireland, Fisker in Finland. Um, both cars suffered from poor mechanical design. The DeLorean was fa- famously underpowered. The Fisker Karma used a uh, battery from a single manufacturer, A123 battery, who didn't know how to make 
batteries for electric car or a hybrid uh, plug-in. Technically, it's a plug-in hybrid um, mm. cars, and the batteries had all kinds of problems. They were uh, catching on fire, um, and then <laughs> there were all kinds of recalls. That that company went out of business, and it was the only one that was making or could make the battery for that car. So that's why uh, the the Fisker eventually declared bankruptcy. So did DeLorean after the whole cocaine bust. Uh, Fisker had taken like 500 and something million dollars in green subsidies from the U.S. government. This is back during the 2000s when there's all kinds of money got sent out the door to these uh, quote unquote green or um, eco-friendly companies and they all went bankrupt. (laughs) The money just disappeared. Fisker was one of them. And uh, both car companies had their inventory bought out by another company who then uh, continued to produce the car in uh, DeLorean. That's uh, DeLorean's case. DeLorean Motor Company of Texas in 1995 bought everything, which had been sitting around for uh, over 10 years <laughs> and uh, reestablished in Texas. And they will build you a DeLorean or restore your DeLorean. They have all the leftover parts. Um, they use the same name and the same logo. And for Fisker, a uh, Chinese company bought all of the inventory and the rights to the name and everything, and um, or the rights to the Karma name, and uh, pr- uh, started a company called Karma Automotive, Automotive, that produces the Karma Rivero, which is basically the Fisker Karma, again. And so that is why the Fisker Karma should be the new Sold. Back to the Future car. <laughs> I agree. Sold. I think we've got our answer to the Kevin question. <laughs> I literally couldn't come up with anything else. <laughs> Craig, do you like the Fisker Karma? Sounds good. Um, <laughs> It's got the whole electric thing going on. It does. <laughs> and it has a gas engine. It's got an electric engine and a gas engine. <laughs> um, it, it made me start thinking about, and the, the only, the only car guy side of me is I've watched, comedians in cars getting coffee yeah yeah um and, you and know, mostly Jerry, those are Jerry seinfeld always kind of talks about the car a little bit that he's taking the person out to get coffee in um and it struck me as once like here's if 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 the uh if the movie were made in 19 like let's say 60 um it could be they could the car they could use the is the 1957 bmw 507 roadster <laughs> which is i think one of the coolest cars that i've seen on the show just because it's it's really cool looking the problem was that you know they only made 252 of them because bmw made this this car because they could um and to be kind of just like this cool little signature thing that they would made that they made it they are hand they were handmade every single one was individually handmade including the body wow so the hard top convertible, the hard top piece that comes off of sure. the car, fits on that car and no other model. That car alone, or yeah, no other version of that car. They are not interchangeable because each of the cars was handcrafted. Did you said um, the five hundred seven, the BMW five hundred seven Roadster. Yeah, that's the the BMW Z eight that Henrik Fisker produced was based on the five hundred seven. There you go. It's a it's a gorgeous little car <laughs> it's a little two-seat you know sports car mm-hmm. 
long all, all it's all in the front like the cars it's one of those sports cars where it's all in the front sure like you're way in the back there's no back seat there's like the, there's tiny the little trunk, trunk. probably yeah <laughs> there's you're nothing, practically nothing, sitting nothing to it. sitting over the rear wheels just about <laughs> so yeah one of these days i'll be able to afford a car like that <laughs> yeah yeah fisker originally designed the z8 as a styling exercise intended to evoke and celebrate the bmw 507 the Z Z zero seven concept car, which became the Z eight. There you go. Yeah, there's your there's your car stuff from <laughs> some people that really aren't car, car guys. people. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't completely make it a fool out of myself. But that is a really pretty car. They're they're they they cost like five million dollars now. <laughs> oh, you sure. Find one, you find one in good good condition, it's five million bucks. The it's only five oh seven. Yeah. The the, the handmade one yeah yeah all righty there you go kevin go out and buy yourself one of those i actually saw one of those on Jam the a road time machine into it not too long ago which i think was the reason why i thought of it and then i looked i googled and it came up in everybody's list of the like the worst cars of the last decade <laughs> oh, or two or whatever and um and the Aztec, of course, is on all of those lists as well. But can we can we the just, Reliant K car in there too? Can, can we just imagine? Maybe. Can we imagine the reimagining of of uh, Back to the Future with just different, unique cars like the Edsel? Yeah, Ed, the Edsel's <laughs> the on everybody's list of the worst car. The Gremlin was in there too. Yeah, yeah just just pick out all the really yeah. Dotson. <laughs> Let me get this straight, Doc. You build a time machine out of an Etzel? <laughs> well, Marty, I figure if you're going to make a time machine, you might as well give it three headlights. <laughs> Isn't that the one that has the the center headlight? Uh, I'm thinking of a different car. There's there's a car that was made that had a wasn't the headlights. didn't the Tucker have a center headlight? That might have been it. No, the Edsel had that weird grill, that really tall little central grill. Yeah, the Tucker has the middle headlight. The Tucker, the Tucker had the middle. And I think the headlight like pivoted with the steering wheel. Oh, sure. The middle so headlight. Which, whichever direction you were turning, it would shoot more it light would, over there. It would point. You, you, yeah, you could see a little better. And it was like the first production car that like, had, had seatbelts. Bad feature. Oh no, it was it was to work ahead no. of its time with a lot of safety features. Like it had seatbelts, yeah. and no no other car had seatbelts. It had seatbelts in the back seat. What were they thinking? Protect your children? <laughs> no, nah, just let the tykes, you know, bounce around like pinballs on the back seat, you know? Hell, one of them's going to end up just sleeping on the little shelf on the back yes. by the, <laughs> the back window. Getting a few bumps and bruises in your car on the car ride's uh, part of the fun. It's all part of growing up. Yep. If you get where you're going without some kind of injury, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> If you're not getting thrown around your car like it's the movie Death Proof, there's something wrong with your driving. No, no seat belts, and you're just in a metal box getting just thrown around and murdered in the car. <laughs> Have you seen? You've seen? You guys seen Death Proof? Uh, no. That's a slasher movie where the killer's weapon is a car. Is that the, I've heard of it, basically. but I haven't seen it. Is that the the one with of the two movies? together yeah that's yeah that's part of the the grindhouse thing yeah yeah that, yeah, uh, yeah tarantino you and i went and, and saw that rodriguez did yeah we saw that in the theater we yes. <laughs> and so isn't that the the, the one about the car and the other one has mary elizabeth winstead in it uh mary elizabeth winstead is in both of them i believe oh, okay 
which is um, ironic considering the fact that my desktop wallpaper right this is Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim versus the World as with I mean Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Ramona Flowers. So you, it's interesting timing on you talking about it. Well, yeah, the other movie was uh, Planet Terror. That was the one that Rodriguez did, and that's the one that's got zombie people blowing up like their balloons full of blood. Um, it's a really bloody, blowy uppy movie. <laughs> and also the one where the girls got the uh, like assault rifle for a leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rose McGowan. Never saw those. I was not interested. <laughs> It's it's ridiculous fun. The shotgun, right? Uh, no, it's a machine gun. Is it? Oh, okay. She gets a machine gun put on her. She she loses a leg, and then there's like a metal stump thing that's sewn in there for some reason or jammed in there or whatever. And well, she to mount the gun on. A, she ends up with a machine gun that apparently she can just trigger by thinking about it because nobody ever pulls a trigger. She just whips her leg around and just. And apparently the barrel is not damaged by her walking on it, right? Oh yeah, she's she's walking on it constantly. <laughs> yeah and in 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 death proof she's the rose mcgowan's character is the one who's in the front of the car getting <laughs> murdered well that's how she loses the leg right in the car crash oh it's different well she's different characters in in that movie there there are characters that cross over between the two movies, oh I, she, I she plays two different characters in the okay i understood that to be uh the same character uh, i must be remembering it wrong that's okay i only saw it once it was a long time ago only saw it the one time yeah we were we were like the, that. That theater was relatively um, quiet and well, it, it not heavily populated. And um, Mike and I, we I, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember people leaving after the first movie because that movie that that movie it was billed as a double feature. It was set up as a double feature. They wanted to do an old school double feature of two grindhouse type movies. There's going to be a movie, and then there's going to be a bunch of fake trailers or other grindhouse movies made by other directors. The, the trailers made by other directors, and then there was the second movie. And we watched the first movie, Planet Terror, and like 10 people got up and left and never came back <laughs> because that movie duo, that double feature thing was promoted, was advertised so badly that they, people didn't understand it was intended to be a double feature. When you got the ticket to see one, you saw them both. Ridiculous. <laughs> there, were, there were reports around the country of that happening. Like, people leaving because the they we thought it was over. Yeah, it was not because like, they didn't like it. done. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I assume they left because they thought it was over. If they if they didn't like the movie, they could have left during the movie. They left like the credits were rolling True. and they got up and left like you do. <laughs> and then we sat there and we watched fake trailers. That was where the machete trailer, you know, the machete movie mm -hmm. or movies. Yeah, that was a trailer. That was a fake trailer first. And it became the machete movie later when Rodriguez finally said, oh, screw it. I'm just going to throw a bunch of my money and we'll get some friends together. <laughs> we'll give Danny Trejo his own starring role because he's always <laughs> <Yep>. heavy. <laughs> so he got to be Machete. Machete. Um, anyway, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I've, I've, uh, I love those two movies, so go watch them. Anywho, um, Ando. Craig. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Mike, as always, thank you guys. I like I like I always say my favorite one of the highlights of any week that I'm on Nurburger. I look forward to Saturday or whenever. Oh, Mike, where can they find us? Oh, well, first, Ando. Oh, sorry. Remind us where they can find you. I was wondering, yeah. <laughs> so they can find me um, at theamazingando.com, uh, Facebook dot com slash the amazing ando or twitter at ando valentine and also my shadows of a dark past podcast is at soadppodcast.com and facebook.com slash 
SOADP podcast. Mike? Uh, they can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, nerdburgershow at gmail.com, please. And? And go to uh, nerdburgergames.com to see about the game stuff I'm working on and drivethroughrpg.com to buy those games. You can also go to the shop um, at nerdburgergames.com where you can get the fancy schmancy hardcover. Um, that, that one you can't get, the, uh, the deluxe version. You can't get that at drive through. You got to go to the web store. And hit up the links on uh, the webpage there for some very rare diseases that you can donate to and, and one that you can't. On the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike gets into his car and starts driving to California after Craig tells him he won't buy him a Fisker Karma. Why not? How come you won't buy me one? Because you're five. Get in there and brush your teeth and don't just run into the water because I'll know. But I don't want to. I want candy and hookers. (laughs) As a parent, I had no idea I'd ever be dealing with this problem. (laughs) That wasn't in any of the parenting books. Dr. Spock never covered what to do when candy and hookers. Candy and hookers. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> what? You lost a lampshade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this lampshade is broken anyway. Um, I was trying to just get it to cover the light bulb a little bit better because I knew I was backlit and then it just fell down. So I'm like, ah, screw it. Uh oh. Can we get the prop department in here to fix this? <laughs> Where's the key? Where's the key grip? Get him to move this around. This is in the wrong place. Wow, that's looking pretty sad there. Yeah, I know. I'll fix it later. <laughs> oh, that's so depressing. Um, yeah, uh, you, 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 you know, uh, Katie May and I were just recently re-listening to one of my older uh, episodes, and as a point of note, I started eating some of the studio candy, and you guys were giving me crap for it because it was old. <laughs> so. Um, one of the things that we like to do is, of course, after any holiday that involves candy, so like Easter and Halloween and all those, you, of course, go afterwards and get your big bags of candy. So uh, halfway through the podcast, Katie May brought me a uh-huh. Halloween Kit Kat with glow-in-the-dark <laughs> wrapper. Ooh, from Halloween, and it's May. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there's nothing wrong with it. No, no, it's fine. I mean, it's, it, yeah. Oh, my God! <laughs> Jeez. that's some uh candy enthusiasm there yeah really he's an enthusiastic guy i've always been saying that <laughs> he's pretty excited for a guy with a droopy lampshade it's not <laughs> the droopiness that matters when you got a droop when you got a droopy lamp lampshade you got to find reasons to be happy <laughs> we're talking about lampshades right hmm <laughs> I just thought of another interesting guessing game that I'm probably not going to actually do. Aw. Is this an actual nickname for a, for a penis or not? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Happy. Well, I mean, where's the, uh, the, uh, the official list of slang ex- for penis accepted or penis slang? Well, I mean, more like because Mr. Happy is a legit use that's used in the Weird Al song headline news. Yeah. To talk about um, the Bobbit case. Schwink schwamp. <laughs> <Peepers. laughs> 
or Twing Swamp Peepers or Peep. But from Scrubs. Because <laughs> <laughs> Elliot doesn't like talking about the sex organs in their medical <laughs> terms. She's weirded out by it. So at one point, somebody comments about how you, you call all the naughty bits by these weird names. And she goes, the penis is peepers, peep, or swing swamp, peepers, or peep. <laughs> Vagina is hoo-ha, or, or uh, bajajay. But no, 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 a bajingo. <laughs> bajingo? Bajingo. And then in many episodes later, they're making fun of her, and they take a quote of hers and put it on the coffee cups <laughs> the yeah. coffee place. It says, my bajingo is on fire. <laughs> Dr. Elliot. 